Good morning. Thank you, Rachel, for opening it, opening it up on Podbeam. Good morning, Lise. Thank you for opening it up on Podbeam because they're with us on Zoom. And in addition, they didn't forget to open it up on Podbeam. In Virginie from France. How are you, my friends? I missed the podcast yesterday. I started doing my gardening. It was 5.30 a.m. My, my neighbor made me laugh was pissing in my pants. She goes, Ma, when did you plant this card? And she came outside at nine. She's a late waker upper. I like to be ready and to go at 5.30 a.m. She goes, well, when did you plant this garden? I said, all night long. Okay, that just proves to us that when we're early starters in the day, oh my God, Marie-Pia, we get so much more done. Like the efficiency, being efficient between 5.30 a.m., a.m. and 9 a.m. is so powerful because it gives us three and a half hours where we're not disturbed by social media. We're not disturbed by emails. We're not disturbed by people coming in and out. It, like, it's just a whole new other world. There's a book I would like to recommend. Here goes Maria Mariano again, recommending another book. Er, um, uh, Miracle Morning, The Miracle Morning, you can get it on Amazon. Very beautiful, small book for those with me on Zoom and Facebook. Look at this. This is The Miracle Morning. This is where you can actually change your life. It's a little bit like our conditioning system, but for the first hour of every day for the rest of your life, how you can intentionally turn your life around. So it falls right into the subject of today, which is habit number one, being proactive by Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people. And congratulations, all of you that have bought the book and the workbook, because definitely this book is a mile deep, a mile deep, one inch wide, making us responsible, making us self-aware that everything around me is directly connected to what I am thinking and what I am saying. So every time we speak, we need to be careful because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So my name is Maria Mariano, 38 years in multi-level marketing, uh, business investor, real estate investor with my husband, Mohammed, and I am very passionate about bringing uh, bringing my gift to the world, which is to empower men and women to be a better version of themselves every single day. That's a, that's a gift that I have to empower people. I have the gift to help you see bigger, help you see better, become, become that person, that element changer in your home. Uh, and I decided 
with this podcast that this is what I wanted to bring to the audience. So welcome today. Today we're going to cover by listening to our language, we can be more proactive. So always in the subject of proactivity, listening to what we say. So how is our language an indicator to our proactivity? That's the question. If any of you know the answer, please go on Podbeam and answer us or go on Facebook. I didn't open up my Facebook, Marie-Pierre. I can't see what's happening on Facebook. Say hello to everybody from me, okay? Ah, I can't even see who's on Facebook. Where's Matthew this morning? I don't see Matthew. He's not there. Can somebody do a, a research? Uh, send out the police for Matthew. Where is Matthew? I don't know where Matthew is. Anyways, okay. So how is our language an indicator to our proactivity? A proactive person uses proactive language. Example, I can. I will. I prefer versus worrying about conditions over which they have no control over. Last night, Marie-Pierre, I shared it with Jean-Philippe and Sabrina this morning in the pre-podcast. I said, the news, the news. Mohammed, if you're listening, the, the news, stop listening to the news. Now he's listening to the Palestinian, Israeli, uh, Israeli, whatever is happening. And it's driving me crazy because... You can't be proactive when you're listening to news. You're just, you feel like a victim. You feel helpless. And what happens is the rest of your day, it actually affects your language when you're listening to things you have no control over. Okay. So proactive people focus their time and energy on things they can control. So I say, Stop listening to the news unless you plan on taking care of the situation you're, you're listening to. Some people say, yeah, but you need to be informed. Yes, informed, but not drowned. There's a difference between being informed and drowning yourself where you're listening to the same thing morning, afternoon, and night. I remember saying to my husband a long time ago, isn't that the same accident we saw this morning? On TLC, it's like a 24-hour channel of news, Marie-Pierre. I go, isn't it the same accident? How many times do you want to watch the same accident in the same day? So our attitudes and behavior comes from our paradigms, okay, which is our mental maps that we have been brought to, to, to see. So if, you're, if you think, example, Chinese people are like X, that's just a paradigm. It's a map you've been given when you when you were raised by your parents. So these are your paradigms. Our attitude and behavior comes from our paradigms. If we are self-aware, I remove myself from my body and I'm able continually, continuously in a day to put myself in that upper right corner of this room, I am now self-aware. We can see the nature of our basic maps. In other words, our paradigms. Listen to what you say. Can you hear what you say as you're speaking during the day? Okay, that's me. How many people say, well, that's just me. That's just the way I am. Stephen, Stephen Covey says, does that mean there's nothing you can do about it? Because if you're using a language, well, that's just me. There's nothing I, I can do. Then somebody else will say, he makes me so mad. Okay, Stephen Covey would say, does that mean I'm not responsible? 
my emotional life is governed by something outside of my control? You make me so mad, so my day's screwed up? Like, really? Okay. How about this example? I can't do that. I just don't have the time. I'm so busy. I don't have the time. Stephen Covey says, something outside of me is limiting my time and my control on what I want or don't want to do. See, he really makes you think, right, Lise? He really digs in. So today I said to Marie-Pierre, I said, when it comes to the French, I want you to read the two examples I'll be reading in English. Not because I don't know how to read French properly. It's because I knew I didn't make time. See, I'm responsible. I didn't make time, Marie-Pierre, to rehearse those two texts in French. But you can do anything you want to do. And everybody knows practice makes perfect. Somebody else would say, if only my wife or my husband were more patient. So Stephen Covey says, what? Someone else's behavior is limiting my effectiveness? Really? How many people, Rachel, say, oh, you know, Maria, my husband, he's not supportive. Are you telling me your husband is controlling the rest of your life? Is that what you're telling me? Or it's convenient because as long as you can blame him, then it justifies what you, why you're not doing what you should be doing. How about that? Hmm? So self-awareness, this is what Stephen Covey is doing to us. He's making us self-aware. He's making us, Marie-Pierre, into mature human beings. There goes that word again, instead of being immature. And how about this? I have to do it. I have to clean my house. Oh, my God, I have to cook. Oh, my God, I have to go to groceries. Stephen Covey says, circumstances and or other people are forcing you to do something that you don't want to do? Are we not free to choose our own actions? How about I get to cook? That means I have food, food in the refrigerator. How about I get to go do groceries? Guys, we live in Canada. Grocery stores are full of food. You know, I can tell you some of my friends that live elsewhere. I mean, sugar is back order. Flour is back order. There's no fruit in the grocery store. Okay. So, Marie-Pierre, please show us reactive language versus proactive language. I love when she gives us the tests. Thank you, Maria. So, yes, I'm Marie-Pierre. I'm 30 years old. I've been in the MLM for seven years now. So, uh, what I love being in the MLM is I can really develop myself every day. And I love doing the podcast for exactly that reason, too, because I know that I can I really develop myself every day because we read something new every day. And the only way we can master what we read is if we um, teach it to somebody else. So thank you for being there every morning and to share the podcast, because, of course, when you share the podcast, it helps us uh, being more visible on every platform. If you are on Podbean, if you are on Facebook Live, make sure to share because we have that big vision to build a thousand millionaire and we want to do it organically. So we need your help when you share, when you comment, and uh, we can be more visible on every platform. So thank you for being there every morning. Um, yes, proactive and reactive language. So your language is a good indicator of how you see yourself. A proactive person uses proactive language 
and proactive language show the speaker taking responsibility for a situation or experience and seizing con control as demonstrated using active and decisive sentences. A reactive person uses reactive languages. <laughs> reactive people believe that they are not responsible for what they say. They ha don't have the choice. Reactive language is done in response to a problem or a situation, reacting to a problem when they occur instead of doing something to prevent them. So we'll take a moment to analyze our language. <laughs> so yes, Maria, give a lot of examples, but now it's just to take the time. So I have eight examples. I want you to write in the comment A or B for each one. So which one do you use most of the time? So number one, A, there's nothing I can do, or B, let's look at what we can do. B, 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 B. <laughs> <laughs> oh really oh okay <laughs> number two which one do you use most of the time a they make me so mad or b i'm in control of my own feelings um, the italian and me would say a, they make me so mad, and B, because, thank God, I'm in control of my feelings. Otherwise, I would punch them all out. Okay, I'm just joking, guys, okay? But that's the Italian East End Montreal North side on me. Ah! Great. <laughs> Number three, which one do you use most of the time? A, I have to do this, or B, I choose to do this. Oh, yes, B, I get. I always say, I get to spend time with my family. I get to clean my house. I get to go do groceries. Such a privilege. Mm -hmm. Number four, which one do you use most of the time? A, that's the way I am, or B, let's choose a different approach. <laughs> you know, Marie-Pierre, here I go again with my philosophy. When I was 20, 25, like up to about 25, before getting married with Mohammed, I would say, well, guys, tough. That's just the way I am because I wasn't mature. But once you share your life with somebody else and you need to, um, um, how would I put it? You, you, you need to give and take. Then you understand the mature way of doing things. Mm. Yeah. Number five, which one do you use most of the time? A, I can't do this. Or B, I prefer not to do this. <laughs> B, I, I, I will choose somebody to do it in my place. That would be my B. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I do everything. I just say, okay, this is going to be done by her. This is going to be done by him. <laughs> and not, I choose not to do it. I do everything. Maybe not personally. Yes. <laughs> Number six which one do you use most of the time? A, I must, or B, I will? Will. Will. <laughs> Number seven, A, I'll try. I will try, or B, I will do it. We will. We don't try. Marie-Pierre, <laughs> we have to win. Marie-Pierre, why are we not more people on the live? Yeah, but Maria... You know, there was a hundred and some people. Yeah, but why weren't we 200? We will be bigger, better, faster. Sorry, guys, I'm getting passionate. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and number eight, A, it's not my fault, or B, I am responsible. Oh, you guys better all say B. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Don't, don't <laughs> behave like kids. It's not my fault. He did it. He did it. It's not my fault. That's baby, <laughs> baby Lala. <laughs> so now that you have this eight example, you can analyze if you use more reactive language or proactive language. And the exercise that we have in the workbook, it's something that, yes, it will take some time to do it. So just, it's three steps. Number one is to think of two or three situations in the past a few weeks when you have responded in a reactive way and describe what you said. And step number two is to think of some proactive responses you might have used in the same situation. And number three, to make it a point to really listen to your language during the next week to really know is your language more proactive or reactive? Because yes, with a test easy like that, Maybe you have a lot of proactive, but maybe in the real world, you may be surprised at what you really use most of the time. So make it a, um, a point in your week to really uh, look at your language to see if you are using more proactive or reactive language. I love it, Marie-Pierre. So language comes from paradigm of determinism, which means in the spirit of it is the transfer of responsibility. I am not responsible, not able to choose my response. So that means your life is at the same level as a dog, as Benji. <laughs> he doesn't get to choose. So we need to check our language. We have been given a unique gift from God, which is our ability to choose. We have been given a unique gift from God, which is self-awareness. We have the capacity to change from reactive to proactive. This is a choice we have. I'm going to read you a story exactly the way it's said in the book, because there's no better way to say it than this. So Stephen Covey has a student that came up to him and asked him this question. Stephen, will you excuse me from class? I have to go on a tennis trip. So it's very important you're, you're, you're analyzing the words here of the student and of Stephen Covey, okay? Stephen says, you have to go or you choose to go? To which the student replies, I really have to go. And he said it very passionately. To which Stephen says, what will happen if you don't go? To which the student answers, why? They'll kick me off the team. So Stephen says, how would you like that consequence of being kicked off the team? The student replies, I wouldn't like that consequence. So Stephen says, so in other words, dear student, what you are telling me is you choose to go. Because you want the consequence of staying on the team. But now, what will happen if you miss my class? Huh? To which the student answers, I don't know. So Stephen says, well, student, think hard. What do you think would be the natural consequence of not coming to my class? To which the student replies, 
you wouldn't kick me out, would you? To which Stephen answers, that would be a social consequence. That would be artificial. If you don't participate on the tennis team, you don't play. That's a natural consequence. But if you don't come to my class, what would be the natural consequence? The student thinks and he says, well, I guess I would be missing out on learning. To which Stephen says, ha ha, that is right. So you have to weigh the consequence against the other consequence and make a choice. Okay. I know if it were up to me, Stephen says, I would definitely go on the tennis trip. But never say you have to do anything. You see how Stephen uses proactive language? To which now the student replies, okay, I choose to go on the tennis trip. <laughs> to which Stephen replies, the teacher, and miss my class and lose out on learning? Huh? So you see, this is what Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is demonstrating to us. Everything boils down to a choice and natural consequences. This is what you have to understand. Reactive language becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a serious problem. It really is a serious problem. People become, become reinforced in their paradigms, in their maps, and, and that they are determined that what they say is reality. But it isn't reality. It's, it's what you make of it. Remember, we have been given the unique gift and capacity to choose our response. Produce evidence to support their beliefs. And what happens now, Marie-Pierre, is that you're going to create evidence to support whatever you believe in. And to this day, I am always amazed, Marie-Pierre, how we talked about squirrels this week. Like, you know, when you, I said, oh, my God, I'm going to get myself other pets. I'm going to start feeding the squirrels, right? And next thing I know, I open up my Facebook and I see stories of squirrels. My friends, be very careful today, more than ever, more than ever in the last 20 years, in the last 10 years since we've been, we've been with these telephones in our hands, computer systems, there's algorithms. So the self-fulfilling prophecy just became times 100. Because it's picking up our voices and it, it knows everything we're researching, everything we're watching, what's happening now, Marie-Pierre, more than ever, if you back up to when we didn't have social media and all this stuff, my self-fulfilling prophecy has become times 100, if not times 10,000. So if right now you're looking into... You know, why do we have to wear masks and, you, and you're against wearing masks for COVID-19? Now, what's happening? Not only do you have a reactive uh, language, but on top of that, all the algorithms are going to propose to you why we shouldn't wear masks. So you see how Marie-Pierre, it's become times 100 today. It is so dangerous more than ever to listen to what we are saying because we have all this technology that will just keep feeding us and, and, and self-actualize everything we say to believe it's real. One of my friends is anti-vaccine, uh, uh, against vaccination. And I said, 
It's only normal you're against vaccination. It is a reactive language because what you search for, you will find. If you want to prove vac getting vaccinated is wrong, it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And even more today, because once you go on YouTube and you research something against vaccination, YouTube will give you more of that. If you Google against vaccination, why not get vaccinated? Now, Google's going to give you more of that. Be careful of everything you're doing more than ever in the 21st century. They feel more, you will feel more and more victimized and out of control, not in charge of your life because you're letting the outside world and now the algorithms take over your life. And you will be blaming outside forces. You will be blaming more than ever people. Like we've, we've never had a society so dis disresponsibilized from their actions like in the 21st century. Even we will blame it's the full moon. That's why I got an accident. People say that it's the full moon, for God's sakes, okay? They give away their future. Yesterday holds them hostage of tomorrow. And I'm going to read one last thing directly from the book, okay? You have the power. So here we go. Stephen Covey was giving a conference, and he talked about proactivity and in the choices of our words, you know? a reactive language versus a proactive language. So at the end of the seminar, a man goes up to Stephen Covey and says, Stephen, I like what, you, what you're saying, but every situation is so different, Stephen. Look at my marriage. I am really worried, Stephen. My wife and I just don't have the same feelings for each other we use, that we used to have. I guess... I just don't love her anymore, Stephen. And I think, Stephen, she doesn't love me either. What can I do? To which Stephen answers, the feeling isn't there anymore? Asked Stephen to the young man. To which the young man replied, that's right. And we have three children. We're really concerned about that, Stephen. What do you suggest? So Stephen replied, well, love her. The young man says, I told you, Stephen, the feeling just isn't there anymore. To which Stephen Covey replied, Marie-Pierre, then love her. He reaffirmed. The young man says, Stephen, you don't understand. The feeling of love just isn't there. To which Stephen replied, what did he reply, guys? Then love her. Stephen continued by saying, if the feeling isn't there, that's a good reason to love her. The, the, the young man was bewildered. He couldn't get it. But how do you love when you don't love, Stephen? And Stephen replied, my friend, love is a verb. Love, the feeling, is a fruit of love, the verb. Okay? So, love her, Stephen repeated. Serve her, Stephen continued. Sacrifice for her. Listen to her. Empathize with her. Appreciate her. Affirm her. 
Are you willing to do that, young man? Stephen said. You see, my friends, reactive people make love a feeling because they watch too much Hollywood movies where in the Hollywood movies, you see them falling in love and the little butterflies and the tummy and the wall, the big sex. Okay, guys, that's short-lived. Okay, you get with the program, you know, the, those butterflies and everything else, it's going to wear off. This is why you need to make love a verb. Okay, because that Hollywood scenario of that passionate lovemaking is not something that outlasts after once the butterflies are gone. Okay, if our feelings control our actions, it means we have to give up our freedom to choose. Proactive people make love a verb. I know that. I've been married to Mohammed for 34 years. How many times, Marie-Pierre, did I want to throw him out the window by closing the window first? But I didn't because I love him, the verb. I respect him. I serve him. I affirm him. I recognize him. Love is something you do. It's a sacrifice you make. Love is giving of yourself. Like a mother bringing to the world a newborn. For all of us that gave birth, you know what we say right after? Never again. And then we're pregnant 15 months later again giving birth. If you want to study love, study those who sacrifice for others. Even people who have done them wrong. Think of Gandhi. Think of Nelson Mandela. Think of Mother Teresa. Think of, um, of the mother whose son was murdered and she adopted that murderer as her son. This is love, the verb. If you are a parent, look at everything our children, maybe your children are young still, but everything we endure with our children, love is unconditional. Love is a verb. Love is a value. That you see through loving actions. Proactive people give up, give up feeling and subordinate to the feeling of values. Love being a verb. Okay. So when you make love a verb, love, the feeling, will be recaptured. And this is what I want to share with you, ladies and gentlemen, today. Please think about your language and think about how you are reacting or being proactive about everything you choose to do. 2021 is a spectacular year. Be on board uh, with this technology and everything changing. You're going to have rich people going poor and you're going to have poor people becoming rich. It's, it's, it's a time in the 21st century that is changing, but only for those that are proactive and choose to be proactive. So thank you for joining us today. And I'm excited for tomorrow for part two of proactivity. Bye guys, thank you so much. Merci Marie-Pierre.